Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. As we head into the second half of the year, there are many signs of things slowing down, including the Singapore economy. And now we've got the risk of a technical recession after eight months of lower manufacturing output. And that's a broad consensus after the month of May. Saw the biggest fall in output in Singapore since 2019, giving rise to those fears of a technical recession. To help us figure out what's playing out for markets in the months ahead, we've got Heng Kun Hao, Head of Markets Strategy for UOB. Good morning, Kun Hao. Morning, Ryan. Hey, great to have you on. Now, let's start with Singapore first. And we've been seeing some signs of a potential slowdown in the papers today. Right on the front page, you've got property prices as well, seeing its first correction in three years. So help us to make sense of this. Are we finally seeing the economy slowing down? Um, yes. Uh, economy is, you know, feeling the weight of higher interest rates, and of course, you know, um, China's post-COVID recovery has been disappointing, and that's weighing on the Singapore economy as well. Um, having said that, you know, this slowdown is not severe at the current stage. If you look at, for example, the property prices, mm. line URA index is down. But if you look at the numbers, the the core central region, the prime region, is still up. If you look at the numbers, landed property prices is still up, although a bit lesser. So, you know, it's a bit of a slowdown, but not your big, bad recession ah. where everybody is going to lose their job. So that's not the case. So it sounds like a mild recession of sorts. And this a lot has to do with what's playing out in China. It is going through a slower than expected recovery, like you pointed out, the reopening story. Not as impressive as some were hoping for. What sort of state is the Chinese economy in right now? We've been seeing some sluggish numbers and the Chinese currency going through a bit of a slump as well. Where does it go from here? Is it going to get better? Yep. So I was in Hong Kong last week to catch up with our valued clients and everybody's worried about China. As you said, that you know the post-COVID reopening of the economy uh, is very disappointing. Manufacturing is still contracting. That big uh, revenge spending uh, in retail sales has not you know, turned out. It's not sustainable. Uh, Chinese tourists are not coming up to Asia or mm. ASEAN anytime you know in in on mass. And, and of course, the problem here is this. China, in terms of inflation, is on the opposite side of the rest of the world because its PPI is in contraction. CPI is just barely above zero. So monetary policy is easy, while the rest of the world, the Fed, Europe are hiking. So that disconnect basically means that you know the currency in terms of interest rate differential uh, is weak. And, and that's weighing down on the rest of the region as well. Yeah, talking about the Chinese currency versus the greenback, it's down nearly 8% in the past year. How weak can it get? Right now it's at about 7.24. So our forecast for the end of this year is 7.25. We expect some weakening of currency and we have already reached that level before the end of the year. Uh, to be honest, the psychological, technical level, everybody's worried about is 7.30. That's roughly where it was late last year before the reopening. So we need to see where that goes from there. We can expect a lot of verbal intervention from mm. Beijing to slow down this weakening of renminbi. But you know, if the Fed doesn't stop hiking, it's very hard 
for the renminbi to stabilize. Yeah, are you expecting any stimulus measures or anything like that to play out in the coming months? That's the thing. So everybody is hoping and praying for stimulus from China. But if you analyze it objectively, it is very difficult for Beijing to push through any big, large-scale stimulus. Uh, Monetary policy cuts has to be targeted, and it needs time to digest and go through this slower pace of growth and to basically build a much more firmer footing for recovery. All right, with that picture of a bit of a sluggish look for China, is this going to mean a similar picture for the commodity space when it comes to demand? Um, Yes and no. So commodity space, particularly crude oil prices in, in particular, have been weak simply because everybody sees the slowdown in China and the risk of recession, as you say, across the world, and that's weighing down oil prices. But commodities is all about demand and supply. The other half of the equation is supply, and supply is tightening very fast for crude oil. Um, we saw last night that Russia has extended its production cut and that Saudi Arabia has also basically extended its 1 million you know, barrels per day production cut all the way through August. Now, that means that you know, the supply situation in oil is tightening and there's little room for error. So we're in fact a bit more constructive on crude oil because the supply side uh, has moved ahead and is tightening more than expected. Okay, we are in conversation with Heng Kun Hao. He is the head of market strategy at UOB. Another favorite for investors to look at these days is Japan. You've got a lot going on there and people saying, no, this is the market to be in right now, partly because of the weakening Japanese yen, making it more attractive. So I guess the question is, how weak can the Japanese yen get? Because to some extent, it is also hurting local companies. They have to import what they need overseas. It's going to cost them. It's going to hurt the economy. So how weak can the yen get? Right now, it's about 144. I remember not too long ago, people were saying, will it break 130? Well, well past beyond that right now. So where's the next level we are going to be looking at? Yes, so Japan is on everybody's radar. Everybody's trying to follow Warren Buffet, right? That's the investment destination to be. And you said it, right? Dollar yen, 145-ish. Sing yen, right? 106, 107. It's it's just... It's a near record low. Incredible. When when I go to Japan, when I eat ramen, I Uh just divide it by 100 and it makes you feel very good, right? Uh, So jokes aside, um, the weekend has benefits if you're a foreign investor, right? Um, The the crux of the issue is this. Does Japan have inflation? Uh, Because if your conclusion is Japan has inflation, then Bank of Japan will need to basically uh, normalize its U-curve control, raise interest rates soon, and that will cause the yen to strengthen again. And, and this is where the opinion is divided. If you look at just headline CPI numbers, they're all near 4%, and that's a case of inflation. But if you look at wage growth, there is no wage growth still in Japan. Mm. It is still very sluggish, and this is where Bank of Japan is very cautious. Now, I think I'm guided by the new governor. He has said that there are signs of inflation, but what he wants to see, uh, Bank of Japan Governor Ueda-san, is that he needs inflation to be sustainable near 2%. He thinks it may get there early next year. And, and this is where we expect a little bit of change. So for all of us, the weak yen may not last until next year. We just need to take advantage of that. That's yep. the consequence. All right. That's something we're watching out for. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. We've been chatting with Heng Kun Hao. He is the head of market strategy for UOB. Kun Hao, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Ryan.
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.